Hey, thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, you guys all right? You feel good? We ready to go? All right, we're in this series here, um, and we're in Exodus, and uh, we've called it In the Wild, and the idea is that we're in this crazy time, and so you have the Israelites that were in a crazy time. They were living in the wilderness, and we just decided to say wild because I kind of feel like we're in that. We're in some unknown times. There's a lot of uncertainty, and I think it's good just to go look at the journey that these people went on and say, okay, we're in the middle of a journey right now. And so we want to trust in God like they learned to trust in God. I want to learn to trust in God. And we talked about the crossing of the Red Sea and walking by faith and trusting in God in uncertain times, which certainly is how we feel right now. Um, And then we talked about provision last week and we went all the way to the next chapter where we talked about God providing manna from heaven and bread and provision. And I think a lot of us are in that season right now. There, it's, it's, there's certainly a shift um, in the world right now. And it's easy for us to become so codependent on other systems, really to become dependent on ourselves. And so we talked about God being our provider. And uh, today we're going to keep on moving. And I want to move all the way to Exodus chapter 32. And I've got the most happy, life-giving, smiley topic ever today. We're going to talk about idols. (laughs) Everybody say idols. And uh, I feel like I'm happier than you are. And so um, I've been studying idolatry all week. It's been incredible. And uh, (laughs) anyways, if you've got your Bibles, let's go Exodus chapter 32. We're literally just going to work through the first uh, 20 one verses or so today. And so it's just gonna, it's gonna be just like old school Bible study, just reading through it today. And so um, uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's go there. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna call uh, this message today, crush your calf. Not working out. I'm talking about your golden calf. Uh, so crush your, not decaf, just old school, like Exodus 32, golden calf. Here we go. Some of you that are new to the Bible are like, what's he talking about? I'll explain it. All right, let's pray, and then we'll go after it. Father, we love you today, and I just thank you for every single person, Lord, that's at Radiant Church. God, our family, Lord, that's online, our family that's in the room, our family that's watching in a car somewhere on a phone, just wherever everybody may be, uh, everybody that's here. Thank you for even that song that we sang this morning about, you're my first love. We just pray that that would live in us today. We pray, Lord God, that all other loves (laughs) would decline We pray that love for God, Lord God, would be on the rise. And we just put you as the center. We just proclaim that we love you and we honor you and we worship you. Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. Have you ever had a moment with one of your children, if you have kids, uh, if you have friends, maybe this fits if you have a friend, where they tell you a story and you just know they did not tell you the whole story, where you look at your friend and I'm just going to call it a come on, man, like Come on, get real. Uh, Give me the whole story. Don't tell it to me crooked. Don't give me just a little bit. Give me the real story. That's kind of what happens here in in Exodus. You've got this Moses where he hears a story from his brother Aaron. Aaron doesn't give it to him straight. 
<laughs> I was thinking about uh, one moment. I've got so many. I'm a parent. These stories come all the time. Uh, but one time when Olivia was three, Renata tells the story, our 14-year-old, uh, she, at three years old, Renata found her in the uh, pantry with hot cocoa mix. And she had just been eating it straight out of the can. And she had like dried hot cocoa all over her face. And so you got, you know, the saliva mixed in with the cocoa. So it's that, you know, that, that kind of watery nastiness, right? And uh, so Renata looks down at her little three-year-old and says, Olivia Faith, have you been eating the hot cocoa? To which Olivia looked right back at Renata and said, no, mama, not at all, right? And so Renata's got that moment. Come on, girlfriend, shoot it to me straight. Tell me like it is. Ironically, Olivia is 14 years old and her favorite thing is still hot chocolate. And so anyway, it's just true. I mean, whatever you feed upon, you develop an appetite for. But anyway, that's a different sermon. And, uh, <laughs> but I want you to see this because I think that's what happens right here with, with Moses. He's got this brother and, and his brother tells him the story, and I'm gonna just read through this, but the way I wanna do this today is I wanna go all the way down and give you where I wanna end and so that we can work our way down to that moment. So look at this story. This is where Moses has gone up to the mountain. He's been dialoguing with God, and he comes back to find the people of God worshiping a golden calf. And this is his conversation with his brother. He says this, verse 21. Moses said to Aaron, what did the... What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? That's a great brotherly conversation, right? It's like, and then his brother says, do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron said. You know how prone these people are to evil? They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, you brought us up out of Egypt. We don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. So they gave me the gold. I threw it into the fire and out came this calf, right? What a story. I, you know, Mo, I got no clue. I just threw it in, bam, came, here came this calf. And, and I, I think this is gonna be an interesting journey for us because we've talked a little bit about walking by faith and walking through the Red Sea and, and the moment where they're suddenly singing to God in Exodus 15, the horse and rider fall into the street. I will exalt the Lord. I mean, God, the Lord is God and I will praise him. I will exalt him. It's a song of worship just after they had walked through the Red Sea. And of course, then God had provided for them. And so now they've got God, the provider. They've got God, the protector. They've got God, the one that they worship. And I think for all of us, it's like, come on, that's what I want. God, he, you stepped into my Egypt. You took me by the hand. You've helped me. You're my God. You're my Lord. I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to sing, you're still my first love. I'm going to sing that today. I mean, that's who I am. And then you go through the shock when quite possibly just like the Israelites. How did you get to the process where now there's an idol? I mean, literally worshiping a golden calf. Quite probable that this was an image, like something they had worshiped in Egypt. Now, how do you get from you're my first love? I mean, I'm singing to God. I'm declaring to God, Exodus 15, worship. All the way to Exodus 32, same people. And I'm gonna worship another God. I'm gonna have an idol in my life. 
And I just want to look at three different things. I want to look, I'm going to go on the journey because I think here, if we just read through the text, we see three choices that the Israelites make that cause them to end up in this place. Whole lot here. Typically, this is a strong intercessory prayer text. That's not where I'm going today. I'm going idolatry today. Smile, pretend like you like it, right? Three choices that they make. And then I want to give you on the flip side, three different choices that Moses makes. And when you look at the way, the process by which the Israelites make choices, they end up with an idol in their lives. If you look at the Moses process in Exodus 32, he ends up crushing idols. My goal is that you would crush the calf, that we would take Moses' steps, not the Israelite steps. So here we go. Let's read some Bible today. It says this, Exodus chapter 32, verse one. Here we go. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So the Israelites, they're weary of waiting on Moses up 40 days with God. They've probably seen thunder and lightning and thought, not sure if he's dead. Maybe he's wandered off. Whatever it is, here's their choice. They make this choice, this situation I don't like. Yeah, we know God led us out of Egypt. Yeah, we know Moses is our leader, but I'm gonna make a shift. And their first choice right here is the Israelites choose their own way. Uh, So before we get to what they actually chose, because in the moment we see them actually choosing Aaron as the new leader, we see them actually choosing a different God. But before you even get there, I just want you to see how subtle this is. I have decided I'm gonna go my own way. The first step, the first choice that'll end up in idolatry is this dissatisfaction. I'm tired of waiting. Where'd he go? What's the story? Come on. I'm gonna take this into my own hands. I'm gonna seize the plants. I'm gonna do things my way. I'm kind of tired of waiting. I'm kind of irritated with how this is turning out. How many friends of mine have I had? They didn't like the season they were in. Oh, it was a really great season in their lives when they could see the hand of God, when they were singing that song in 1997. That song just came out, that that Burning Me song, I love that. It came out in 1997, it's my favorite song, right? Like 23 years ago, we were singing that song about God, na, 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 na. Boy, the 90s, I mean, those were the glory days, right? Woo, I mean, and, and in those days, I mean, singing, yeah, na, na, na. I mean, a little delirious, worship in the can, right? My heart burns for you. A little Bible study, a little, little Bible. Long before we ever had a Bible on a screen, we had like real Bibles. I mean, we were just like crying over them. And man, when, and I got a hope of how this is going to turn out. But you take 2020, it's a long time in waiting. Some of those buddies of mine with Bible college degrees didn't turn out quite like they had hoped. Some of them gone through some hardship where God didn't do what they wanted God to do. Now there's disappointment. I'm weary. I'm tired. Tell you what, I'm going to take things into my own hands. I'm going to, I'm going to do this my way. I'm not going to go God's way. I'm tired. God didn't come through like I wanted. He didn't stick to my timetable. Hey, where is this Moses guy? Come on. Let's get, let's get going. Let's get this thing going. I'm, we're stuck here in the wilderness. I don't like this. I don't like to wait. None of us like to wait. 
These guys are waiting longer than you. You don't like to wait on slow Wi-Fi. They don't like waiting around for 40 days for Moses to come back. They're like, I'm tired. And I think, was that a come on like on Wi-Fi or was that on God? It was just, either one. All right. I'm just like any amen. Man, you talk to me, I'll talk to you. All right, here we go. But here's what I want you to see. I think this is, this is where we start. It's that first process, that first little slant, that first little, I'm gonna, I'm tired of, I'm tired of going God's way. And it's subtle. Because where we're gonna go in this is they actually still use the name of God, but they're starting to go their own way. Intriguing. And I think this kind of first step and idolatry starts right there. I'm gonna, I just, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. I don't like living in uncertainty. I can depend on myself. So I'll make my own plan. I'll, I'll figure this out. Verse two, Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Just so you know, there in verse four, we're seeing a little bit of the true story of how the calf was made. It didn't just pop out. We've got Aaron working on it right there. He, 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 he cast it. And then I just want you to see this. This is a moment where they choose a new leader. I say, tell you what, we don't know what happened to this guy, Moses. I think we do this. The thing that they loved about Aaron is he gave them what they wanted. And a lot of us, once we decide I'm gonna go my way, give me a leader that gives me what I want. Give me somebody, not somebody, you're gonna see Moses kind of leadership here in this chapter. Moses comes in and Moses is taking the people to God. Moses is a man of God, but Aaron was a man of the people. Aaron was someone who gave the people what they wanted. Moses gave the people what God wanted. And it's easy for us in the process of a shift from lordship, Jesus is Lord of all, God, you're still my first love, to to an idol in my life. You start to change who influences. A little toleration. I'm gonna pick somebody who tells me what I wanna hear. And so instead of I'm gonna worship God and Look for people that echo the heart of God. You look for people that echo your heart. You look for people that will rearrange it, applaud you, give you what you want. And so then let's just keep going because this is, this is where it starts to get intense. Then they said, the, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf. Just the, this is an amazing scenario. And this is their dark moment. I mean, we read out through, even in the Psalms, even in the New Testament, over and over again, it comes back to a moment where the Israelites had a dark day, a dark moment. And this, this is often the story. And I just want you to see what got them there. He built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow, we, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. That Hebrew word right there, Yahweh. <laughs> so this is not saying we got a new God. This is calling the calf that they made with their gold earrings, Yahweh. Whew. Thank you, Dan. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. After they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We don't use that word revelry. 
but Hebrew word, you could have the same word, partying. Actually, Eugene Peterson in the message translation, or the message, uh, he says partying. Just old school party. And I just want you to see this because now the Israelites, they've not only chosen, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna go my own way. Kind of done, I'm gonna make some things happen. All right, I'm gonna choose a new leader. All right, great. And now here's, let's fashion a golden calf. I'm gonna make a new God, but they call him Yahweh. Now this is intriguing because this is what they want. Because back in Egypt, man, there was other idols that they could see. Now I have to follow a God that I can't see. I don't like that. I like a God that I can see. I like a God where I can, I can see it. I can put him out front. Let's just tired of doing this. God's way. I want to do this my way. Tired of Moses giving me God's plan. Give me somebody who tells me what I want to hear. Does it. And ultimately, I have a shift in my life from my first love being Yahweh to my first love being me. My first love being anything other than Yahweh. And this, this at the core is taking a form a calf, calling it a deity and calling it God. Now, our New Testament application would be really simple. It's easy for us to say, you know what? I'm kind of tired of doing things the way that Jesus says to do things. I really have some of my own desires. And I know there are people, there are ways that I can get that. I'm just gonna call it God, but live at a lesser level of obedience. I'm gonna fight for my way. I'm gonna fight, do things. And I, I may even still call it God. In fact, many people do. We'll, we'll just find a way. We'll just we'll find a way to keep our idols with us and not necessarily crush the idol, not surrender, not change, just fight for it. Communicate why it's justified. And so I want you to see the way that Moses responds, because that's how they get there. And I just want, it's real, real easy just for us to get there, one, two, three. But then here's Moses, and Moses lives a different narrative in this same chapter. His life looks different. It's easy for us under the banner, even of New Testament Christianity, you and me right now, for us to have this knowledge of God, but shift and go, I know all about, I'm a church person, baby. I, leave me alone. And I started to go my way. I, that small group leader, a little too intense. He got all up and started calling me on things. I, I got some idols that I enjoy in my life. I'm gonna keep them, so I'm gonna find me a new leader. And then ultimately, I'm not even in a place where I'm surrendered to God, but I still, I still talk the talk. I still, have, I still have the songs on my lips. I still have... God talk all, I still, I still talk about Yahweh, still talk about Jesus, but I'm tolerating idols. That'd be a New Testament application. That'd be how we'd live it now. And I just want you to know, okay, how do I not live that way? Well, look at how Moses, our example, how he plays this thing out. He's got a whole different mentality. Verse seven says this, then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people, Interesting, this is, this is gonna be fun. Your people, God says to Moses, your people, hmm, whom, you, <laughs> whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. That's a crazy story right there. God looks back at Moses and goes, your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away. That's what I said a second ago about that first one. Your own way. This is why God comes back and goes, they've gone their own way. They've been quick to turn away. Turn away from what I commanded them. 
and have made for themselves an idol cast in the shape of, an, of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Woo, bad day. God don't like idols. <laughs> so many jokes. I mean, that's Exodus 20 right there. That's the first thing he said. I mean, you just read the first two commandments and we broke both of them just now. I mean, then I will make you into a great nation. This is an intriguing offer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start over. Wow. If you got a big ego and you're Moses right there, you might be like, what's up? I might, I might take you up on that. Verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people? That's some courage, Moses, whom you brought up out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out? to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I promised them. And it will be their inheritance forever. That's over and over again, Moses going, your people, your promises, come on. This ain't my people, this is your people. I was doing just fine. I was just watching my goats, hanging out with my sheep. I was just out in the world. You showed up at the burning bush. You told me to go into Egypt. Don't you? No, no. Don't talk back to me like that. Those are your people. Some of you are nervous. Oh, wow. I just want you to see Moses and he's praying. And this is some sincere prayer right here. This is not now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. This is not Lord Jesus bless this food. Amen. These, this is two people that know each other. This is two people right here. God, Yahweh, and he's called Moses. And the people that God has brought out of Egypt through Moses are not doing what God wants. And Moses, God is talking to his boy Moses. And Moses is talking back to God. And here's what I love. Now, I know this is a, in this text, sovereignty people and free will people love to debate this. That's for another day. That's one of my, I love that conversation. That's a great prayer thing. I love, well, I mean, we're a, I, 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 that's one of my favorites. I'd love to do intercession sermon right there. But today I want to talk about, look at the depth of relationship to have that kind of conversation with each other. Moses called the friend of God and they're looking back and they're going, this is your people, these are your people. I mean, this is like, don't you forget? God's going, oh, Moses going, oh. Do you feel the depth of it? Do you feel this is not just ceremonial? Do you feel like, okay, this conversation matters? I mean, I look at it, I feel like this is, if I think about my closest friend, it's Renata. This looks like how we talk. These, these are your people you brought into the world. No, these are your people you brought into the world. No. <laughs> this is your prize, this is your child. No, no, this is your child. No, we got, we got to fix something here, right? It's depth. I'm just telling you, what does it look like for your conversations with God not to be, okay, we okay? All right, all right, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna live for me. I'm gonna be all in on consumerism. I'm gonna be all in on everything I wanna do. I'm gonna put it in your name, do what I wanna do. Versus, 
God. I mean, humility, brokenness. I need you. We're not going to make it without. Come on, God. Where are your promises? Come on. Relent. I mean, that's a depth of relationship. And you hear Yahweh and Moses. Moses called the friend of God. And I think Moses grew into being a friend of God. I mean, I know there's a sovereignty piece. I know that God calls him, Exodus 3, burning bush, finds him. But even in Exodus 3, you've got Moses going, ah, I I don't want to look. I can't see your face. I'm, no, ah, ah. By the next chapter, Exodus 33, where we're going next Sunday, Moses is going, now show me your glory. Show me your face, right? I mean, 30 chapters later, he is like, he has a relational connection with God that has grown. I just want to invite you, boy, Moses, he prays, he's a friend of God. That's different than starting off saying, I think I'll just go my way. You talk about potential for Moses to be disappointed in God. I think you could argue, wait a minute. Instead of that, I'm going to go my way. I'm disappointed. He goes, come on. New Testament believers, we say, come on, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm not giving up on the promises in Kansas City. I'm not giving up on the promises over my family. I'm not giving up. Come on, God. And God goes, ooh, I like that, Mo. I like that. It's real friendship. Then Moses responds to the calf with such anger. So instead of having like the Israelites where they made the calf because they had this affection in their heart and they decided to put something above God, you've got Moses here and he wants to crush the things that compete with God. Look at this, verse 15. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There's the sound of war in the camp. Joshua, the warrior, he says, it's war. Moses goes, nah, it's, the, it's not the sound of victory. It's, it's, it is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. And when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. So surely the symbolism is clear. They break the law and Moses drops the tablets that they had broken the law. And Moses here burns with anger. I just think about in your own life, in my own life, with idols. Easy to tolerate them. Easy to justify them. Frankly, it's easy to fight for them. But Moses, after being up with God, starts to hate the things that God hates, starts to want to destroy the things that are going to destroy the people. Instead of idols being a friend, the idol is the very thing that he wants to destroy. And I think whether it's a leadership style or your own life, to hate the things that God hates because the love for God is so deep, there's an overflow of when I've been with him and I know him and I'm singing this new Carrie Job song, You're Still My First Love. This is my favorite place. Out of the overflow of that is, and I just want to get rid of the things that would be in competition. And I know I can find a people group. I know I can find a small group. I know I can find a church. I know I can find an online chat room where they'll tell me I'm right, I'm good, and you can hold on to that idol and still be saved. But that's not what I'm going for. What I'm going for is total allegiance. 
I'm going for a God. You can crush anything. You are still my first love. I do not want to hold on to idols. I want to hate idols. And look at how strong Moses gets because he burns with anger and then he crushes this calf. Look at this. Verse, 30, verse 20, last verse. And he took the calf the people had made and he burned it in the fire. We could stop there. And I just felt like, you know, like normal verse, you would just stop right there. Normal leader, you might just stop right there. Moses, not so normal. Then he ground it to powder. Scattered it on the water, okay? And made the Israelites drink it. (laughs) There we go. That's my first laugh of the day from the left side. Like, what? Moses, are you crazy? I mean, the commentators on this are funny. I mean, some of them I don't even, it's kind of inappropriate saying. I mean, some of them are like, yeah, this was the only way that it could just be excrement and get out. This is Moses just getting it out of the camp. I mean, all kinds of different language on, on why here, but I just want you to see the resolve in Moses that says, we're getting rid of this. And I don't want you to forget this day. I want you to remember this day. We are not going to have other idols. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make a graven image. No, no, no. This is, it's not going down this way. This is a strong leader. This is no toleration. Maybe we read Exodus 32 today and we get a little less tolerant. We see, wow, look at how God responds. I mean, God was talking to most about starting over right here. But I'm just telling you, and this is going to be really hard to hear, but I'm just going to tell you, this is what I feel. As I was looking at this this week, I was thinking, I think it's a lot easier to have idols in Kansas City than it is to have idols in the wilderness. I love it here. I love it. I I wonder if if I can love it too much. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I remember... A buddy of mine moving to Colorado, and he said, from Kansas City, when I lived there, and he said, I want to move back to Kansas City. I said, why? He said, because the food in Kansas City is so much better than it is here. I said, yeah, but there's the mountains here. He goes, mountains? I just like see them for 10 seconds. I eat every day all the time. Like, better to live in Kansas City than to live in Colorado. I mean, I love it here because I love... I love the entertainment here. I mean, we've got every kind of sport and compared to most other cities in America right now, I mean, our sports is better than theirs, baby. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we've got sports and we've got theaters and we've got, we've got a lot going on. There's constantly entertainment. I mean, it's a great place to live. We've got things to do. I mean, not just watch sports or watch entertainment. Man, you can do stuff. There's, there's been generations that have gone before us that have created ways for us to have nice little bike paths around here. And I mean, it's, it's a little soccer fields and basketball courts showing up. And I mean, schools all, everywhere we can go and play tetherball with your kids. I mean, like, there's so much stuff. I, I just wonder if it's almost an, so filled with so many potential idols so many potential good things. It's easy to make good things supreme things. And when you make a good thing the ultimate thing or the supreme thing, then there is a God who says, hmm, am I still first love? Is that, is that new song still true? In my first place, it can almost be seducing to live in a land of idols. Oh, that could be my idol. I mean, NFL Sunday ticket could be my idol. What's up? 
I mean, college football could be my idol. Barbecue in KC, that could be my idol. There's a lot of really good things. If they become the supreme things, I'm, I'm in trouble. And so here, you, you got to just lock in with men. Exodus 32, I got to get this. Because an idol, we tend to think, oh, idol. We, we, we tend to think of sin as sin is bad behavior. I just got to not, not have bad behavior, not, not do bad things. But let's go, let's go deeper. Because where the root is, is, is different than bad behavior. It's affection. It's heart. It's the inside. Augustine said that an idol is disordered loves. So when I love the wrong thing, my behavior becomes the wrong thing. So when you start to see bad behavior, the solution, you can make a quick fix and change your behavior. But if you want to do deep work, deeper work, go to the heart and go, I got to get my first love back. I got to, I need, the reason why I'm having these idolatry, idolatry problems is because he's not the supreme, all-consuming you shall have no other gods before me. New Testament, Jesus goes internal. He goes, well, let me say it this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's this internal affection. And that's the fun part, is when there's so much love that it just kind of pushes out the other idols. If there's not much love for God, then there's a whole lot of space and capacity for all these affections to get in. But if there's... If there's so much desire and love and pursuit and affection and surrender and first place, the tolerating of idols becomes pushed out. I don't want that. I was thinking about this week with one of my kids because I had a moment where it's tempting to just want to change their behavior. You will treat that family member different. You understand me? This is my house and my roof and you're going to live here. You're going to act different. Hold on. I can go that route. Here's a better route. Here's the route that I went. All right. Let's have a conversation. When you think about your ordered loves, where is that person fit? What? Okay. And break down. Of course, I was studying this. Made it easy. Let's talk about your loves. And I said, you treated this person right here, badly. And you chose this person badly so that you could elevate this love in your life. Is this, is this more important than this person? No? Okay, so maybe before I talk about your behavior problem, maybe we have an affection problem. Maybe we have a love problem. Maybe we need to rearrange our time, rearrange the way we think so that we don't just fake it with trying to fix the behavior but we fix the heart, fix the love problem. How, 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 do you, how do you want this person to fit in your life? Do you, do, you, do, you want this, do you want to love this thing in your life, this thing that is gonna be gone soon more than this family member? No, 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 that family member, I wanna love them the rest of my life. I'm, that, 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 that's a person, okay. So you're saying this person is more important than this hobby, that's right. Okay, if that be true, then... Let's talk about how to increase love for this person, what it looks like so that downstream your behavior is different. You can do it with God. You can do it with, if you'll look at your loves, 
That's what I, one of the things I love to do is I just like to take, okay, what's the order in my life so that I can see, all right, this is my first love, God. And then I've got Renata and my kids and Radiant Church and then barbecue. No, and then, I mean, and then work my way down, right? So that I can come back and go. And one of the, one of the easiest things for us to do is to just live in a behavioral Christianity where it's just like, what do I gotta do to be okay with God? It's mm, kind of miserable compared to how can I get him to be first place? Push out the other idols. And I don't want anything to get in that first love spot. I want him to be number one. I want him to be my God. And though I live, and I said that about Kansas City, but I'm just telling you, the United States of America, it's, we live in a seductive time where you can make just about anything an idol. And I want to invite you today to come back and go, all right, God, you're my first love. You're number one. I'm going to crush that idol. Here's, here's a step. Here's, here's how we get there. I'm going to be a person that does what Moses does. I'm going to I'm gonna pray, get close to God. And the things that God hates, I want out of my life. I want, to, I want that emotional anger, even like Moses wants to destroy the things that are destroying the people of God. I want the things out of my life that are gonna destroy my relationship with God. And then I'm gonna actually make a plan. And Moses makes people drink the ashes of an idol. Boy, I can sure rearrange my time so that I can be with God. Let's stand together and let me pray for you. Would you just take a moment and would you just ask the Lord, is there anything in my life that has become the supreme thing, the ultimate thing? If I'm honest, is there anything that's become my first love? Just ask the Holy Spirit. Will you just take a moment and then just say to God, God, I surrender my life to you. No idols. Crush that calf. God, I ask for a determination like Moses, maybe even a leader like Moses, maybe a small group leader that shoots straight with me, helps me crush the calf. No idols. You're my first love. Maybe you're here today or you're worshiping with us today online and you're like, I have so many other loves, but I want to make Jesus my Lord and my first love again. If that's you in the room or online, I want to invite you just to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me today. Be my first love. Take everything. Let nothing compete for my worship. You're my first love. You can have it all, God. Some of you today, this is, there was a day you were singing songs coming out of the Red Sea and he was, he was first place. But you've gotten disappointed in life. Gone through a decade of how on earth God, what are you doing? What's happening? And you've slowly shifted to where you're going your own way. Today's a great day. 
You live in the house of God, but you don't know your father. Meaning you hang out, but you're distant. Today's a great day to come back and go, you're my first love. I'm the prodigal returning. I'm the older brother returning. I want God again. You can have it all. God, we give you our hearts today. We love you. It's a joy to get to walk with you. Living as the people of God is the delight of our lives. I pray, Lord Jesus, in a wonderful city filled with so many alluring things that you'd be our first love. We love you today. In Jesus' name.